Welcome back to the Effort of Everything podcast. I'm your host, Jason Kleep. And on today's episode, Gabe Yanez and I, we get into it. We talk about squat snatching, hormones, and the CrossFit Games training. We dive into the best ways to follow NCX if you're looking at it for three to four times a week. Talk about a little bit of jujitsu and the master worlds coming up, of course. And we talk about my favorite workout that I did this week, which was Fancy Nancy and getting back into some squat snatching, which I haven't done in quite a while. I always love talking to Gabe. We have great conversations. We're answering some of your guys' questions on this podcast every single week. If you enjoy this episode, just let us know. We definitely love your feedback and make sure to ask your questions on Instagram. That's where we're putting them up. Now, before we get into the episode, uh, it's actually really fresh on my mind. Ashley and I were just talking about her blood work and we were diving into the different things that she could do to improve, which is actually very little. She's She's crushing it, so super proud of Ashley. But our friends over at Merrick Health, they do a really good job. And I've talked about this a bunch of times on the show, but if you're interested in getting your blood work done and really seeing underneath the hood, I think Merrick Health does a great job. Right now, if you wanna utilize the code EOE, you get 10% off. It's the same exact panel that I got, Ashley's got, multiple other people on our team have received. So check out the podcast show notes for the Merrick Health blood work, same one that we've been doing, and I think they do a great job. You know, it's something that I delayed for too long. And so if you've been on the kind of been on the fringe about deciding to get blood work done or not, I think they're doing a really good job. I think the panel they're putting out is very comprehensive. So if you're gonna go through the trouble of getting it done, you might as well get this panel done because then at least you get all the information. So check out Merrick Health, enjoy this episode about squat snatching hormones and CrossFit Games training, and let's keep getting after it. Have a good day. All right, Gabe, we're talking about a uh, fancy Nancy. We're talking about making sure we discuss the nutrition question, which can be about hormones and increasing metabolism. And then we're going to talk about training and the best ways to follow a program when you're only doing it three to four days a week, um, which I think these are, those are two really good questions, but I wanted to share with you, you know, I hadn't done uh, squat snatches in quite a while and I, I hit it in a workout. What was it yesterday or the day before? And I had a really pleasant experience. And so it just goes to show, I'm not, you know, it just goes to show that I think even with me, man, I, I, uh, I know I've talked about this on this show. Sometimes I, I gravitate away from specific movements. And then every now and then I put myself in a position where they show up. And man, it felt good to do squat snatches. I did lightweight. I only did 75 pounds, but it was a good workout. It was 10 rounds, 12, 12 cal on the bike and seven um, squat snatches, hang squat snatches. And I thought it was a great stimulus. I had a great workout. Had a great class and it was a nice reminder for me that um you know not to constantly live in my own echo chamber that i put myself in an uncomfortable position where i didn't want to do that movement but i did it and i felt really rewarded afterwards and the class moved really well and it was a fast class it was aggressive it was fun and uh, i throttled it so fancy nancy great workout 10 rounds 12 cal bike seven hanging squat snatches 75 pounds my time was about 12 minutes and um Go get after it if you're looking for a good workout. All right, let's see if anybody could beat that score out there. Let, let me ask you though, what, what about movements like the squat snatch, you know, when you see them pop up in a workout, makes you not want to do them? Because I know a lot of people, you know, cherry pick and we'll see movements come up. And the reason they don't want to do it is because they're they're not good at it or it's going to expose a weakness or, you know, they, they, they don't want to feel like novices in a class because, hey, I've been doing this type of training for two years and I still don't have double unders. So I don't want to do double unders in a workout. I know that that's not the case for you, right? Like you 
our former CrossFit Games champ, like you, you don't struggle with squat snatches. So what's, what's kind of the thinking behind, hey, I just like have no interest in doing those movements these days? Yeah, I think heavy. Um, you know what, Gabe? I, I have to be careful, right? And I, I think for like ring muscle-ups is the only movement I could think of that puts my shoulder in a position that I'm not like, I feel a little bit unsafe, even though I can still do it a lot. I just, I, I think just like we've talked about before on this show, like connecting the brain with the body, I, I haven't done it enough and then I'll go do it. And because I have the capacity to kip, I'll do like, you know, 10 or whatever in a row. And what I probably should do is like spend some more time warming up, work the positions better. And then I'd probably feel more confident in a muscle up. But I guess that same thing happens sometimes in a squat snatch is that, Sometimes I feel like all oh, my shoulders a little tight, my position's a little off, but I think it's more so just about just getting there and just doing it. I think my body wants to gravitate towards the traditional lifts because it feels better for me, but I think that there's so much more value that I'm not, I don't intentionally see in squat snatches. So I, I guess to answer your question, it's not necessarily a position thing because I can still do it. I don't really necessarily feel it's unsafe because I still feel pretty safe in those positions. I think it's just like, um, me telling myself that I've done it so, so, so many times. I don't want to do it, but then all of a sudden I get into it and I'm doing it and it feels good. So I just got to be aware of like, I don't know. I don't think it's an ego thing either. I mean, maybe. <laughs> no, but I, I think that that's a good answer, right? I think that, you know, our cost benefit analysis of the movements that we do and kind of how we approach our, our fitness and exercise changes over time, right? And I think that for you now and for a lot of people, you know, me included, there's definitely some movements that I'm probably never going to do again. I'm never going to, you know, upside down, kipping handstand push-ups. You know, I haven't done muscle-ups in, in forever, even though it's actually a movement I'm, I'm, I'm really good at. And I don't necessarily feel like it's, it's going to hurt me. It's just, I think it goes back to something I said a couple episodes ago, which is people, you know, underestimate how much it takes to maintain and overestimate um, sorry, underestimate how much it takes to like, you know, build new muscle or build new fitness, but overestimate how much it takes to just maintain. And I think you're in a good place right now where, you know, you're moving and working out every day, essentially because you're trying to maintain your fitness, right? Like that's really what it comes down to. Like you're, you've built such a good hedge of where you are now in terms of your strength, your fitness, your endurance, that you don't necessarily need to be establishing any PRs anytime soon. You just want to maintain where you're at for years and years to come. And part of that equation is, Hey, I don't want to get injured. Like you, you shouldn't be pushing the line anymore to the point where you might, you know, nick something or, or, or pull something and be out of the gym for a week. Like I, I can only imagine what that would do to your, to your mental health. Yeah. Right? Crazy. Yeah, it would. I mean, <laughs> I, I think crazy. you drive me crazy. Dude, yeah. So the mental side definitely is there. I, I think I think I need to put myself in check though. If I really wanted to call a duck a duck, I'd say, hey man, like, you know, why is it that you you've gravitated away from these movements for a while? Yeah, is there injury risk? Sure. Um, but like at a 75 pound hang squat snatch, like I enjoyed doing that experience. I enjoyed hitting the overhead squat at light load. Um, and even if I was working up to a heavyish snatch, my body still felt good the next day. I I I just um I think what I found is that I need to be more open-minded that when I work at, look at the different workout choices at NC fit, because we have a Metcon and NC extract, I need to be more open-minded just to jump into a class and just do whatever it is. Cause 99.999% of the time, 
whenever I'm done with that class, I had a phenomenal experience. Even looking at the workout, I'm being like, eh, it looks okay. All of a sudden I do it. I'm like, wow, that's a great workout. And I'm sure you've maybe felt that same way. And then going into Metcon and doing a little bit more complex stuff, like toes the bar, I don't do them that often. But all of a sudden it's in a class, the vibe's right, you jump into it, and I feel great. So, you know, my, my recent experience with uh, Fancy Nancy really um, just reminded me, man, that like, you know, just when I think like I'm getting a little bit closed-minded, I then get reminded not to be so closed-minded and be more open-minded. And there's takeaways for that for me, which I share with the class, which was my first round, 12 cal bike, seven hang squat snatches, took me 55 seconds. And I don't say I was throttling it. I wasn't throttling it, but I was going pretty fast. But then my total workout time was like 12 minutes, 12.20. And so it shows me that there was a deviation there throughout that 10 rounds. And I share with the class that that's something I consider, right? I think about how long did my first round take? How long was my total workout time? And when you see that drop off between 55 seconds to then an average of, let's just say it jumped up to 115, was that 15 to 20% increase acceptable, right? Maybe I should have gone a little bit slower or maybe I, I, I kind of coasted too much at the end, but that's something that you can reflect on in your own workout as long as you're looking at the clock after that first round. Just something for people to think about when they're hitting these workouts. Yeah, and back when I um, back when I was like, you know, really, really getting after, uh, you know, Metcons and stuff on a regular basis, my strategy was always, man, just come out as hot as possible and like hold on for dear life. And I think that part of that though, to be fair, part of that was because I just come from such an endurance background. Like I definitely didn't fall off a cliff um, at the level that like some of the people that I was like racing, because this was always about like, you know, taking the W. Right. So I think that for me, it just worked out well because, you know, I can kind of almost get out in front and then just like really hold on and maybe hold on a little bit better or not a little bit better, but the same had I started off a little slower. But I remember, man, I had, I had some pretty epic crash and burns that, that used to be my MO. Dude, I, I uh, before we did the work at your shack, sometimes I mess around with the, the class and be like, all right guys. So it's all about the first rounder. It's all about this first bike. It's all about this first round. And sometimes like I was in the class uh, last night or whatever it was. And I was like, yeah, bro, it's all about this. And I, I, I didn't like say like, I was kidding. And this one guy just went at it. And I was like, all right, well, let's see how long he stays before he crashes and burns. But yeah, man, I mean, that was a good workout. And I did a, I did another one the other day. Um, I, I did another shoulder overhead and double under workout. That was pretty interesting because there was a penalty if you didn't complete your double unders unbroken. So that was a nice little touch in the workout. I think that our, our coaches are doing a good job putting together fun workouts that kind of test mentally and physically that I'm pretty excited about. So stay tuned for a shoulder overhead double under and up down over the bar workout to come up uh, here pretty soon and see fit. There you go. Um, so we wanted to start and answer some questions on this podcast. It's a segment that I'm, I'm honestly really excited for. Um, so we put up some uh, question stickers on social media. If you guys submitted your questions, really appreciate it. The goal here isn't to like try and get to every single question, but just kind of find one or two really good ones and, and dive into them a little deeper don't want to discourage anyone from putting in your questions. We'll, we're going to do this every week. So hopefully we'll get to a lot of the questions people put in. But I want to start off with one that I think is, is really good for you, Jay. And it's, you know, what's the best way to follow NCX cycles if you're only working three to four times a week? And before I let you answer that, I think that even if you're not following a specific cycle on our NCX program, which I think is great, we're in um, the beginning of a cycle now. 
uh, I think that the question can really apply to a lot of people that are training out there that are following, honestly, any program that might have five, six, even four like scheduled training days. But we all know that life gets in the way. And, and sometimes we might not have all the time to dedicate to like the training that's written in this like ideal program written on paper. So I think the, the, the question, so it's applicable, honestly, to anyone out there is, you know, how do you balance the program that you're following and the time that like life is allotting you to fitness right now? Yeah. I mean, I think the question in particular pertains to, um, you know, when you're on like a training block of like, Hey, we're squatting on this day, we're doing this. How do you, how do you fit that in? I think, I think the first rule of thumb is if you're training three to four days a week and you're hitting our NCX program. So we have an NC Metcon program, which has a little bit more complexity. And we have an NCX program that has a little less complexity, meaning not the squat snatches. I was just talking about a minute ago, but we're also putting together training blocks where maybe we're focusing this in particular, we're on a strength cycle right now. That's, um, you know, shoulder press, uh, power clean, and there's a back squat incorporated. I think actually a deadlift as well. And we hit those on a regular basis for the next eight to 12 weeks. And so the question becomes, you know, if you're training three to four days a week, how do you hit those? Well, one option would be you take the days that we're hitting those lifts and you cherry pick those workouts. If you're doing it like at home or in the gym, you would say, okay, well, I know that, um, I missed Monday, but let me look at the Monday workout. Oh, that was the back swap workout. Let me take that and let me do that on Tuesday. So that's a way of doing it, right? Where you pick the days that have the foundational strength component where it does say, hey, week one of eight, week two of eight, you pick that and you train that as a priority. That's option A. But option B is to kind of take a step back and look at your training and say, okay, what are my overall goals and intentions? And if I'm training three to four days a week, consistency is key. And so kind of giving yourself that grace or that relaxation to say, hey, as long as I'm, as long as I'm getting in my training three to four days a week, even if only two of those days are my strength, and then maybe the next week, instead of doing a power clean, maybe that week I was doing a back squat. Over the span of eight to 12 weeks, you are still going to get stronger. You're still going to get fitter <clears throat> because consistency is the key, not necessarily being so dead set on a particular program at a particular day. It's more about being consistent with that training for the long run. So I would say that um, if you're training three to four days a week, you could prioritize the day that we actually hit those lifts. And or you could say, hey, look, if I'm training on the day that there's a lift, I'm going to do it. Otherwise, I'm not going to do it. And you know what? You're going to be perfectly fine in the long run. Either way is what I would say. Yeah, really good advice there. And again, the, the, the person that asked this question was asking specifically following the current NCX cycle that we're on now. So that's really good advice because whether you're following on the app or you're a collective gym, it'll denote week one of nine, week two of nine on the days where we're actually doing that cycle. So it's easy to spot if you're just kind of cherry picking the days and prioritizing those three or four days of the program. You may yeah. I just think from a programming perspective, you know, I think people, people can get hung up in programming. We've talked about this before, but programming is the one thing that's outside someone's control and they're thinking about their training. And I think what's important to note is that consistency, sleep, hydration, food, all these things we're talking about, they, 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 they carry over into the program success. And I think as long as you're lifting weights and you're getting your heart rate elevated and you're following a well thought out program, you're going to be perfectly fine. And if you have goals and aspirations of really increasing your back squat, well then yes, you have to dedicate to that. Whether it's a Wendler cycle, like we've done in the past, or it's a cycle we're currently on, 
you have to hit that on a reoccurring basis because if you don't hit it on a weekly basis, you will not see the exact results. So that's important to note, right? That, that you're only, you know, you have to look at your overall training and consistency to see the success of a program. But if you really want to prioritize something, whatever that is, that could be getting better at a handstand, getting better at a double under, getting better at a back squat, you have to have exposure to it on a regular basis. So if you are missing a week or two, you're really not following the program and you need to prioritize those days if that's your priority. Otherwise, just get in, hit whatever workouts on the board and get after it. Yeah, good advice there. I think people get a little too caught up sometimes. Um, one thing I always kind of say is your programming needs to be as specific as your goal, right? Like if you have a very specific goal, like you just said, whether it's, hey, my back squat needs to get 10 pounds you know, my PR needs to go up 10 pounds or I'm trying to lose, you know, X percent body fat because this applies to nutrition too. Then you have to be very specific, right? You're not going to be able to make those very specific changes without doing something like counting your macros or keeping track of percentages on your lifts. But if your goal is just, hey, I just want to feel good and look good and, you know, live freely and fully outside the gym, then, you know, just make sure you're hitting a workout three or four times a week and you have a strength portion and then you have a workout because resistance training is, is, is so important. Um, yeah, and, and I would I would take it, you know, another question we got is, you know, can the NC Fit programming um, send me to the CrossFit Games? And, you know, I, I think that's a really interesting question. It's something that I've <clears throat> thought about a lot and it, it falls in line with what you just said. If you have a specific goal, which let's just say it's going to the CrossFit Games, you need to then prioritize and focus on that. You know, we have the NC Metcon, we have NC Compete Track. And I was at the gym two days ago and I was watching a gentleman, Ryan, hit our NC Compete Track. And so he's walking on his hands, he's doing all this stuff. And <clears throat> I think that, you know, there's so much more to going to the CrossFit Games than the program you're on. I mean, think about all the people that qualify for open semifinals, quarterfinals, games who are on different programs. So is it specifically the program or is it the work ethic? Is it the consistency? Is it being aware of your strengths and your own weaknesses and, and going after those with tenacity? And so, you know, we had this question come up and I would say that, yes, I think almost not, not any program, but many programs that are well thought out could potentially send somebody to at least the, the, the path to get to the CrossFit Games. Now, once you're there, it's a completely different story and it's very specific. But the path to get you there really relies on you taking a holistic look at yourself or having a coach give you feedback and be like, dude, like you can't see the forest through the trees. You're trying to increase your snatch, which is already at the top 20% of, of, of the, 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 the group because that's something you like, but you're not spending time on your endurance, which is what's killing you in these open style workouts. And I think that is the bigger question of going to the CrossFit Games than it is ever about the program itself. It's being self-aware of what your needs are and having a coach then also dictate that because oftentimes we'll always gravitate towards the things we like. Like for me, I love EMOMs. I love AMRAPs. I love lifting weights. Maybe I didn't like as much long, slow distance training, but that's what I needed to get to the CrossFit Games. And so that would be my reflection point if someone's saying, hey, can NC Fit get me to the CrossFit Games? I think yes. However, you can't just follow the program blindly. You have to follow the program with intent and have your own self reflect on what you're good at, what you're not good at, and spend more time on the things you're not good at because you need to be good at everything and almost great or perfect at nothing 
But if you have these holes, if you can't do a movement or if you're snatching a hundred pounds, you're never going to go to the next level. You need to spend time there. Can't yet. Sorry. No, no. I mean, definitely can't have weaknesses. And I, I, I think it's a good answer. I, I had that same question. Well, not the same question, but I was talking to a gym owner in Israel the other day um, who had just started with our collective service. And he had that question of, you know, like your compete program, like, is that going to be adequate for someone training for the games? Exact, exact question. And, you know, the way I always answer that for gym owners is that, you know, we have a amazing compete competitors program that solves two problems. One, it's going to help athletes with online qualifiers. So it's going to be, I think, one of the best programs out there if you're trying to excel at the open and quarterfinal level. Now, if you're someone that knows that, hey, I'm going to smoke the open, I'm going to smoke the quarterfinals, I'm definitely going to the semifinals and trying to compete for a spot at the games, we're probably not the program for you and we're perfectly fine you know, going about and saying that because like Jason said, you're going to need probably a coach that's creating a program tailored to your specific weaknesses because that's the only way you're going to get to that level. Now, there are very few people that are trying to get to that level. So I think Compete is a great program for a lot of people. But the second problem that we solve, and this is what I spoke about to that gym owner, is you know our Compete program integrates directly with our Metcom program because one of the biggest problems for gym owners specifically, and, and I've seen this, I've talked to gym owners that have experienced this, is you, know, you end up having this, this kind of um, separation between like the regular gym goers and the competitors. And if the competitors are doing a completely different program, that separation can be even more pronounced where now you have class going on over here, but you have a group of fire breathers in the corner of the gym that are doing their own thing. And then the inevitable questions like, Hey, why aren't we doing more of that? Or, you know, what are they doing? Or could that help me, you know, with my goals? And it just puts gym owners and, and coaches in an impossible position to where what we do with NC Metcon and NC Compete is the meat and potatoes of our competitors program is that day's Metcon class. Because our expectation is, you know, even like the, the gentleman that you said that was doing compete um, at our Campbell location yesterday, he's still taking class as a piece of his training. The expectation is that you're coming in, you're warming up with the class, you're listening to a coach, you're doing the workout. And then yes, there's plenty of accessory work for you to do on the side, but it just keeps everyone integrated into one community one group where everyone's taking class class is what matters and then you can do your extra work on the side so those are two i, I think are the very specific problems that we're trying to solve with compete and i think that you know might be biased but we do a, a great job at it yeah i mean I, watching it coming to life yesterday was pretty cool right because i walk in and i mean while well, i was there already and um i was actually working i've been working friend desk a lot because i want to just get exposure to all the members and the guy comes in and he's doing his training, walking on his hands, et cetera. Then he takes class with me, which I was taking class. And then afterwards he finished off a little bit more work. And so it was a really good example of like, he got in some work, got in a class, got in some work and there was no issue. It was all good vibes. It was all positive. Um, it also helps. We have the two room model so that people can kind of be doing something over here and not interrupt the overall class. But that's a, that's kind of a separate issue. If you're having people who want to be doing their own programming. Yeah. I mean, trying to get good at the sport of fitness i can't think of a better thing to do than come in do a little accessory work take class with jason kalipa and then do a little bit more accessory work yeah it was um, good we throttled it and <laughs> so dude you want to touch base on the nutrition yeah. question of the day yeah so we actually got some really good nutrition questions um but the first one that came up and the one that i kind of want to 
try and answer a little bit is how can women optimize hormones for increased metabolism? So let me like full disclosure before we even dive into this, you know, there's so much that goes into this and a lot of knowledge. So I have a lot of my nutrition knowledge comes from, uh, my wife is a, um, like she's an actual functional nutritionist. She's certified. That's what she does full time. And we talk a lot about this stuff a lot. And, and I've learned a lot just kind of from her. And I actually asked her this question this morning. We talked about it a little bit. So I do have some like relevant information. But with that said, I'm definitely not like the expert in the topic. And, you know, if you want kind of more in-depth information, she's actually a great follow. I'll shamelessly plug her Ariel Bloom on Instagram. You should check her stuff out. But the answer that I kind of want to give here is I think that hormones and metabolism are, are two good examples of like buzzwords in the nutrition space. I think that a lot of people that, you know, want to look a certain way or just feel better, maybe change their body composition because there's so much noise out there that, you know, constantly repeat this, like, well, it's a hormone issue. Well, it's, you know, a metabolism issue, like speed up your metabolism, so on and so forth it tends to get conflated into, well, that's what I need to worry about instead of like focusing on the basics, right? Like I think 90% of people's goals when it comes to nutrition can absolutely be solved by eating mostly whole and processed foods, making sure you're hydrating enough, sleep, which I know isn't specifically nutrition, but it plays a lot into you know your body composition and some of the goals people have in relation to nutrition. So if you're working out consistently, getting, you know, seven to nine hours of sleep a night, hydrating appropriately and eating mostly whole and unprocessed foods, like you're going to see progress, whatever that progress is. Now, to specifically answer the question of like, you know, hormones and, and speeding up the metabolism, I'll tackle the, the hormone piece first. You know, I, hormones kind of acting funky and hormone dysfunction is very real. And there's definitely people, specifically women that, you know, have imbalances that aren't making weight loss any, any easier. Um, and, you know, women are especially complicated because, and this is one of the things I was talking to Ariel about this morning, you know, men are simple in that, like, we have hormone fluctuations during the day, right? Like we have hunger hormones and hormones that make us awake in the morning and like, you know, things that happen at night, but that's pretty much it. Like every single day we have like one hormonal cycle that just repeats and it's relatively simple for women. Not only do they have that like hormone cycle that happens every day, they have a whole other hormone cycle that happens every month that just adds a completely other layer of complexity that makes it very difficult for, you know, women when it comes to nutrition and men when it comes to nutrition to be able to follow the same guidelines. So that's just an important thing to keep in mind. Now, when it comes to like making sure that your hormones are, are balanced and good, the one thing that I think a lot of people, and I, I don't know, I don't know if I want to say like this impacts women more than men, but not eating enough and make like constantly going on these like crash diets and Hey, I'm going to like really, really try and slim down here. One of the negative impacts of just not giving your body enough food and energy is hormone imbalances. It's the fact that like now your body can't produce hormones in the way that they should and things kind of start ending up getting a little flunky. So, you know, one piece of advice, you know, and, and kind of finally getting back roundabout to answering this question is, you know, if hormone imbalances is something that you're particularly worried about, 
really look at how much you're eating. And if you've constantly been like, hey, I'm trying to lose this weight because that's why you're asking about speeding up your metabolism and you're not seeing results and you're constantly like, let me eat less, let me eat less, let me eat less, and you're not seeing progress, even though it might seem counterintuitive, sometimes eating a little bit more and fueling your body appropriately could be what you need to do to start making progress in the right direction. Um, and then just to kind of wrap up the question, the speeding up your metabolism piece, you know, that's another buzzword that's come up a lot because, you know, obviously you want to speed up your metabolism because that means that you're going to be burning more calories, burning more fat. And there's been a lot of, you know, I would say misinformation in the nutrition space when it comes to like, hey, if I eat, you know, small meals throughout the day, I'm speeding up my metabolism and right, or, or breakfast or, or whatever. Yeah. 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 And, you know, the, the, the science on a lot of that stuff is really up in the air. The one thing that 100% speeds up your metabolism, I think is very important for both women and men to consider is having more lean muscle. The more muscle your body is comprised of, the more of like a calorie burning machine you're going to turn into. And I know that, you know, with women specifically, and we've seen this as coaches and, and gym owners, you know, women tend to come into the gym and they don't want to get bulky, right? Like, I don't want to put on muscle. I want to either lose a little bit of weight, tone down. Like, those are kind of the words that you hear a lot. And so for that reason, I think the fitness industry has pushed women, not CrossFit or functional training specifically, but like the traditional fitness industry has pushed women more towards like, well, cardio and burning calories and doing weight. But I think there's a huge opportunity for women that are looking to, you know, just slim down and, and have a positive change in body composition to really embrace resistance training and building muscle because you're not going to get bulky. You're not going to, you know, gain all this muscle overnight and, and not look the way you want to look. You're going to gain small amounts of lean muscle that are going to actually increase your metabolism a lot more than, you know, things like breaking up your meals into tiny meals throughout the days or, you know, any of the other things that are out there. So I, I think that in general, the question just comes down to really embracing fueling enough and doing resistance training that can solve, I think, a lot of problems for a lot of people, even though both of those things might seem counterintuitive to what I think the root of the question is, which is how do I lose weight or burn fat? Yeah, no, I, I agree with you completely. I mean, I think the weight training aspect of it is is highly underutilized and undervalued. And like, I think you and I have talked about this before, but that's the only thing you could do in the gym that then continues to burn more calories and increase your metabolism overall, right? I mean, you can go out and do cardio for an hour or whatever, but if you start weight training and increase muscle density, all of a sudden that muscle is burning more calories, increasing your metabolism. I mean, things that I've seen successful, at least for around here, has been obviously the weight training, has been um, cold exposure. I I personally have felt like has increased my metabolism at least. Like I feel like when I get out, my body's working really hard to replenish or get back that core body temperature. Yeah. Um, not 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 everybody has a cold plunge, but I mean you could obviously go take a cold shower or go expose yourself in the cold, which there's a lot of benefits there. Um, but you know something else to think about, and I, I don't know how this relates particularly for a female. And you, like you said, there's so many different cycles going on. It's it's a lot is um, getting their blood work done. You know, like Ashley just recently had her blood work done. I think getting that work done can give good insight into, you know, what is actually going on. And then you could compare it later on after you've been doing your weight training, after you've been consistently training and see what is happening. Um, I don't know from a hormonal level, but at least from an overall level, 
um, especially if you use our friends over at Merrick Health, they do such an in-depth analysis. I think you could use that to then go, you know, evaluate for the next time around. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're super curious about this stuff and um, have been frustrated by things not moving in the right direction, that's kind of like the logical next step, right? It's like really looking under the hood and figuring out like, you know, what could be off? What could I be doing better? And yeah, great place to mention our friends at Merrick Health because they do a great job giving you the not only the insights, but, you know, actual things that you should do to kind of see the things that need to move in the right direction, move in the right direction. Sure, for sure. So I think, you know, look, we talked about the hormones, we talked about training. Um, you know, I, I love the fact that we talked about training for the games a little bit, you know, and what we offer here at NC Fit. You know, I think if you're an athlete out there and you're training, you're getting after it. First off, I think if you've been debating about what your blood work looks like and you don't know, right? Like I didn't for a lot of, you know, months or some years. Our friends over at America Health, I think, do a great job. Um, we've had great experience with them. So make sure to check them out in the podcast show notes. But, you know, I think in addition to all of that, right, is this idea that NC Fit provides a variety of different programs. And if you're training in your garage, if you're training at the gym, if you want to get after it, um, find one that works for you. You know, if you're in the mood for more hypertrophy, bodybuilding type training, we got NC Flex to cover you. If you want more just kind of foundational strength conditioning, which I think is particularly good for jujitsu, um, you know, NCX. And if you want a little bit more complexity and kind of get after it uh, with a little bit more of those kind of higher complexity uh, uh, fitness components, we got you covered with Metcon. Um, you know, I think, you know, one of the things I did want to touch base on before we close out is I did get a question about the IBJJF um, Master World. So annually, there's a lot of jiu-jitsu tournaments. I mean, it's a lot. And it's difficult to find the right one because the way jiu-jitsu works is there's so many different weight classes and so many different belt classes that when you do a local competition, it's like in CrossFit having scaled RX, but then like also scaled RX, then masters, then uh, different age within those masters. And so all of a sudden, when you show up to these local competitions, you might have one competitor, you might have two competitors or whatever. So what's nice is that uh, Master Worlds is coming up in September in Vegas, which I'm signing up for. And there's already 15 people in my bracket, which is like a lot for a jiu-jitsu tournament. And I'm excited about it. That's like the holy, that's like the, the, the top of the notch for masters. Um, and so uh, I'll competing at that at Purple Belt. I'll keep you guys um, apprised of the journey. But that's September 2nd in Las Vegas. And um, I'm, I'm saying it here first. You know, I'm going to be out there. I'm going to throw down, get a little comfortable with uncomfortable and um, see how it goes. So someone had asked about it and um, just want to put it out on the radar. Have to get BJJ in there. I love it. Um, I, have a, I, I have a question for you about it, though. Um, do you, like at these tournaments, how many matches are you doing a day? Like how many different people are you, are, are you competing with? Well, I mean, so I've competed, I think I've competed four times in jiu-jitsu, maybe five. And it depends on how many people are in your bracket. So if you, if you sign up for like white belt, so do you think about it like this? You have white belt, then you have like heavy, ultra heavy, uh, there, there's so many different weight classes. Um, the most amount of people I've ever had in my bracket for when I like competed, I want to say it was eight. And so in that case, to get on the podium, you would have to compete three times. And then depending on how you do there, you can also then go on to like the open division. And so I think both of those, um, so I, I'd say it depends on how many people are in your bracket. I think for Master Worlds, I'm expecting like five, five matches each five minutes long. That's what I'm expecting. 
Now at ADCCs, which is the one that Mason's competing in, dude, that could be a bunch of matches. And some of those matches can go upwards of 30 minutes. It's a completely different beast um, in the, in the jiu-jitsu space. And this is all happening in a single day? Um, I think for me, for Master Worlds, I'm 99% sure it'll happen on one day, uh, two, like three, ma uh, you know, maybe five matches. I think it'll happen in one day, but they've allocated two days for it, depending on how many people are signed up. And so I don't know. I think it'll be one day. So it's going, it's, it's, it definitely has an endurance element to it, right? Because you're going at it for five minutes, then you're recovering and then boom, you're doing it again and then you're recovering and then you're doing it again. So it, it, it has this anaerobic, like boom, 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 boom. But also you got to have that conditioning piece for the, for the long run as well. That's awesome. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Just curious, man. Curious to hear how it goes. And the reason I was asking is I'm, I'm curious how, obviously it's very different, but you know, the similarities with the experience that you bring competing at, at, at the CrossFit games, right. Where it is several events across multiple days. And I think that that's, that's a really tough thing to replicate for most people in training, because, you know, even if you're training, I would assume rolling all the time, you know, you're probably there for like even two hours and that's it. I think that there's, there's a completely different skill that you need to be able to go really hard, knowing that you're going to go really hard, maybe five times that day with what I would assume is an extended period of time in between. Like there's a, a, a skill to being able to like bring yourself down. So you're recovering. So you're not like super amped up between match one and two. And you're like, you know, like a, a corpse after that, right? Like being able to turn it on and turn it off is very important in these types of competitions. And, you know, you're coming with a little bit of that experience, I would assume. Yeah. I mean, one of the, one of the competitions I did at white belt, we had quite a few people and I ended up winning that one. And that was, that was super high intensity, right? You show up and they weigh you right before you compete, like literally minutes before you compete. And then you throw down and you don't go back to like your family. You don't go back anywhere. You just sit on the side of the mat and you watch the other match and then you watch another match and then boom, you get after it. And so that was what it was like there where like the total like group took maybe 30, 45 minutes and you sat on the side of the mat until it's your turn again. For Master Worlds, I don't know because there's gonna be so many people. Maybe you'll be like, hey, your match is at this time. Then it's an hour later. I don't know what it's gonna be like. Um, but from previous competitions, they get it all done in like a specific window. And so it really starts to become these factors of bridging the gap between you got to go at it because you, you got to win. But then also you got to be able to recover and then do it again, like you said. So I'm excited to, to compete. I'm excited to share my, my um, experience and then also provide insight for anybody looking to compete in the future on how I think fitness becomes a factor because it's 100% a factor, especially um, – if someone doesn't pull a guard and you're standing up for five minutes, I mean, that's, a, dude, that's exhausting. Five minutes standing up with somebody, it feels like an hour. So I'll keep you posted. That's awesome. Cool, man. Well, hey, uh, Gabe, always appreciate your time. If you guys are listening, always appreciate a rating, a review. Make sure to check out our friends over at Merrick Health in the podcast show notes. Uh, and last little piece. If you're a gym owner out there and you haven't checked out the NC Fit Collective, I believe what we're providing is the best session plans and programming. And if you're an athlete in your garage at the gym looking for the best app to get in the exact same workouts that I do on a daily basis, make sure to check out the NC Fit app on the Apple Store. Aside from that, keep getting after it. And I look forward to chatting with you guys again next week. Let's go.